Chapter Seventeen of Ruffles and Danny, or the Responsibility of Ruffles, by Marjorie Watson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Seventeen. Jock Tuttle was off for Monomoy in the petrol with only one passenger. Eunice Pease had a day off, and Jock had agreed to sail her over to the sandy point of land where a friend of hers lived at the life-saving station. It was a good nine miles sail. They were obliged to beat down, taking several tacks, but coming back they would have a fair wind. The weather was all that could be desired. Eunice was something of a sailor and could take a hand at the tiller in case of need. Also, when asked to cast off the main sheet, she could be relied upon not to make a mistake and loose the painter. They were on a long tack, and Eunice, seated with her back fitted into the hollowing sail, pulled her sunbonnet well down over her eyes. Jock was happily puffing at an old cob pipe. They had been silent for some time, only the rush of the churning water along the petrel's sides breaking the stillness as she cut her way through the short waves of the bay. "'Gosh!' Jock broke out suddenly. "'I hate ter see this summer slippin' way. Seems ter me I ain't never got quite so interested in any of our summer folks before. Don't like to think how lonesome it'll seem when Miss Ruth ain't here to jolly me, and Master Danny with his surprisin' little ways.' He gave a long, deep pull at his pipe, thoughtfully puffing out the smoke. Eunice looked back at the receding houses along the beach and the river they had just left, answering Jock's mood. Yep, and we ain't the only ones what's going to feel lonesome nother. In some ways it's a kind of disturbin' summer, too, happy as it's been. I'm sorta anxious about dear Mistress Mary. Eh? ain't nothing the matter with miss mary is there asked jock with concern oh no only well nothing i guess huh if that ain't just like a woman for all the world sneered jock now what you hintin at eunice looked at jock with an expression of compassion for his manlike short-sightedness nothing ever penetrate that thick skull o yours till twas an accomplished fact laughed Eunice. Foreseeing ain't exactly in your line, is it? No, taint, and I'm glad it's so. Foreseeing ain't dollars for knowin'. Long's Miss Mary's well, and I judge from the way she's progressin' with them swimmin' lessons that her health's purty good, don't sees you've got much cause to worry. Ain't that tackle with the belt and pole and rope that Mr. Sanderson hitches on to her when she's learnin' them frog actions just clever, though? remarked Eunice. He a-holdin' her easy-like from the float and sayin' two-three-kick-bend, and Miss Mary doin' just as she's told, with never a fear a drownin'. And they say up Boston way there's buildin's with large pools of water inside, all fitted up with marble floors and brass railin's, where they teach folks to swim in the middle o' winter. Great doin's, I call it. Miss Mary says tain't real easy to learn to swim when you're goin' on thirty-year-old. She was tellin' me about the first time he let her swim with a slack rope, and said twas all she could do to keep from bein' scared. She didn't darst to think of the water under her, and just kept her eyes on Mr. Sanderson's face every minute. 
she knew of course that he wouldn't let her drown but it's a helpless feelin that you can't touch nothin solid i bet eunice glanced over the side at the depth of rushing water with an expression of awe miss ruth's the girl that can show em how said jock with as much pride as though he had a half ownership in danny's ruffles she's some swimmer she is she and mr richard make a team all right they go off on a long course side by side and leave the others foolin round turnin somersaults and cuttin up high jinks generally say was you ever down on the beach when miss ruth and danny come down in their bathin suits ready for a bath no don't knows i ever was why well yesterday i had beached the dory and was settin along her rail waitin for a party to come down to go out fishin there was a whole crowd of folks sprinkled all over the beach all kinds of shapes settin round and sprawlin round in bathin suits and others in their fancy duds with gray parasols men in white flannels and others lyin in the sand gettin a good coat o tan on to make a show when they go back to town here jock removed his pipe to give a half chuckle and groups of women here and there with their crocheting and then i see miss ruth and master danny comin down from the bathhouse well twas a pretty sight all right i ain't much at describin but she's so slim and straight and round and stocky and her face just like a flower in a pretty cap with little rosette things on the side and master danny's sturdy little figure makin you think a cherub's don't he look as though he'd just stepped straight out of heaven well you'd ought to have seen the whispers goin round and the nudgin and every one turnin to look at them too miss ruth just as unconcerned as master danny noddin here and there to friends stoppin on her way to say a word or two and then goin straight away on down to make danny do stunts in the water and he does em too ain't no more afraid than nothin she says the first time she took him in a wave struck him and knocked him over she spected he'd be scared blue and when she picked him up soon's he could get his breath he laughed up at her and said it's rainin ruffles then soon's he's had enough that tall black girl takes him up and rubs him down while miss ruth has her swim it's kind of funny they're all so different from other folks even to the black girl there's an awful lot of style to her and as for mr sanderson well i ain't never seen a prince but i should think a real prince might look and walk some like him they're a mighty sightly lot put in eunice but the best part of em to my notion is that they don't put on no airs they're all just as sweet and polite to every one they know and miss ruth is just as particular to pay tention to me as she is to miss frost that's so that's just it and there's a lot in that too it's the real princely people i find what's really the simplest and seems to think the least about their fine clothes and things you take some of them fellers in their white flannels i bet they don't feel at home in em a bit kinder sorter as though they was out makin their first party call likes not not feelin quite sure whether they're doin the correct thing eh i know the kind lots of em too then there's some folks that no matter what they have on look noble and you're sure they'd be at home anywhere and in the finest clothes if they had em to wear danny was tellin me this mornin that he had a secret 
he couldn't tell me what it tis but just soon as he could he would but it's something about dancing he said know anything about what he meant queried jock the young folks have got something up their sleeve that they're awful busy about some kind of a show i guess i heard miss betty tellin the folks one day on the piazza how when she was in england last year she went to a well i guess twas some sort of a birthday celebration given in honor of shakespeare or something like that they had some old-fashioned dances called morris dances and she learned some of em while she was over there she told how there was some few old men left who had learned em when they was children from their fathers and so they could tell the folks just how they used to be danced years and years ago and i spect that miss betty's teaching some of em to a lot of the young folks here but just what it's all for i don't know they're awful busy about it go up to the hotel casino every day to practice that's so mused jock i wonder now what sort of a show they're aiming at thus the two old friends gossiped all the way to monomoy jock put in his time on the point digging clams until eunice called him in to dinner the dining-room with its long table where the men on duty at the station in the winter season gather at meal-times was as neat and shipshape as the deck of a government boat during the month of july most of the men were off duty and it happened to-day that mrs burgess was all alone living in such a lonely spot where most of the happenings out of the ordinary course of events except for an occasional picnic party in summer were in the nature of tragedies she was greatly rejoiced to see her visitors and get all the news from up harwich way eunice regaled her with accounts of danny and nance and elise land it keeps you busy guessing what those young ones'll say next she laughed passing the delicately browned berry cake to the hostess mrs perry was tellin me how she's allers been in the habit of spellin words that she doesn't want the children to understand when she's talkin to mr perry the other day nance had a cold so mrs perry took elsie aside and told her she could go in bathin but she didn't want nance to know when they went for fear she'd be disappointed so elise kept still about it but when it come a long time she thought to be goin elise looks from nance to her mother in a knowin way and says mother how about those c o d's mrs perry said she couldn't think whatever the child was drivin at what did you say dear she asked how about those c o d's she says again sort of impatient c o d's says her mother what on earth do you mean child mother she says in a most disgusted tone you know those c o d bathing suits after the laugh had subsided mrs burgess inquired for her old friend mr huntington he ain't been down for most a fortnight he says he feels obliged to come over once a week to jolly me up ain't he the clever young fellow though i was tellin him the last time he come that first along i was most afraid to talk to such a literary chap oh wait till you see our artist he says then you will be scared artist says i yes some artist says he oh you've got a talented set here this year this artist says he she's gettin educated to illustrate my books 
that's so said i does she know it then he looked at me kind of queer and handsome as a picter but unusual serious for him no he says she don't have any idea of it fate don't believe in tellin folks what's goin to happen to em in the years to come twouldn't be playin the game no says i but fate seems to have confided in some other folks though oh that's all right says he with a twinkle in his eye two or three years from now i'll come down here and prove it he looked so strong and determined and cocksure that i says to myself guess you mean to lend a helpin hand to fate in case she needs it then i says be you comin down at that time hitched single or double double so far as the harness is concerned but single in mind and purpose says he and with that he walks off whistlin merry as can be his hands clear down in his pockets and i guess he walked clean round the point hmm jock drained the last drop of fragrant coffee from his cup i wouldn't feel that fate was makin any mistake in hitchin them two to pull together but miss ruth ain't suspectin anything of the kind either of fate or of mr richard she's just so much alive and busy livin in the present minute that she ain't frettin herself about the future not so's you'd notice it she ain't jock rose and strolled out to the barn for his after-dinner pipe while eunice helped wash up the dishes and then twas time to set sail for the long run home before a free wind End of chapter seventeen